this is Zartan, and you're listening to G.I. Joe Chronicles, which I don't like. It should be the Cobra Chronicles, but no. The Lombax Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles. Don't they realize they're dealing with Destro? When I'm through Scott's bucket, they're gonna scrape you off the wall for a squeeze. Now stop buttering like a wet cobra and get busy! Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos. And joining me as always is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrick. Codane Death Probe. <laughs> hey, Pat. Oh, oh, ooh, man. oh, man. I had a run in with cesspool and some toxo vipers. What? I had a run in with cesspool okay. and some ooh. toxo vipers. We're going to need you to go to the doctor's office. Yeah. I just got over what I think they call on the street the COVIDs. Oh, uh, yes. And, that uh, one's a tough uh, one. This is literally the first day that I've, I've actually felt good again. Yes, yes, yes. I'm trying to think of another street name for COVID, C-O-V-I. So it would be like C-O-6-D-S, because the Roman numeral 6 is in there, V-I. C-O- uh, okay. I got had the C-O-6-D-S. Okay. But I'm better hmm. now. And uh, hey, let's do a podcast. <laughs> and you know what? All you green shirts who are tuning in for this podcast, welcome back to Fort Longbox. Unless this is your first time here, then, you know, welcome. And we appreciate you tuning in and talk some G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through G.I. Joe America's Elite on this episode. Next episode, we will return to our coverage of G.I. Joe Special Missions by Marvel. But for this episode, we are back in G.I. Joe America's Elite from 2005. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Christos and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is... Matt Puyasum, no, and his code name, <laughs> just a joke, it's Matt Paso. his code name is Serpy Matt. Welcome <laughs> to Fort Lombox, Serpy Matt. Thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome to be here. Matt, what does the Serpy stand for? I can take a guess, but... Uh, well, it's a long story. No, it's Serpentor. Oh, Serpentor, you mean? So, no, of, Serpentor. One of you saying it wrong. And it's not me. I one cool guy saying it right, yep. I will let you believe that. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I just let's move the show along. Uh, this is the part of the show where we debrief our new recruit, and Matt is a new recruit. He's never been on before. So, Matt, you have two things to tell us. You got to tell us your origin story with GI Joe. How did you become a fan? What was your way in? Toys, comics, cartoons, whatever it may be. And then we're going to ask you about your three favorite characters: be they Joes or Cobras. But let's start with the origin story. I'm kind of like the toy line. I've got two origins. I've got your three and three quarter inch and I've got your modern versions. So my original origin story was way back in 1982, 83. I got in the toys first. I still remember getting, it was either the Cobra soldier or the Cobra officer from a local pharmacy. They had a little spinner rack of toys and it was all downhill after that. So I miss the spinner rack of toys that you would find. That's cool. Yeah, very much so. I grew up mainly on the cartoon, so those are the voices I always hear in my head when I'm reading these comics and everything. 
-hmm. I did eventually get into the comics, so I do have a love for those as well. But the cartoons are my true G.I. Joe love. And my modern origin story is, as with everybody, you kind of grow out of these like, oh, you're hitting high school. You're, You're too mature for toys, says 40 something man on podcast about toys and comics. Internet came around and I was like, oh, there's more G.I. Joe toys out there. Found chat rooms and everything and met my wife in a G.I. Joe chat room. And just like before, it was all downhill from there. And (laughs) here I am now. I have this feeling that your wife at some point is going to rip off this fake mask and be like, I've been Baroness the whole time. And you're like, (laughs) awesome. (laughs) You don't have to sell me anymore. Yeah, that's that's, I'm down with this 100 percent. 100%. Yeah, so that's kind of my G.I. Joe origin story. Man, that's cool. You're you and your wife bonding over G.I. Joe. That's 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 good stuff. So the big question you've got it. There's a lot of characters. This is between Joe's and Cobra's. There's uh, hang on. Let me check the math. Forty two thousand characters. Which are your top three? If you haven't figured out from my name, uh, Serpentor is number one easily. So many people hate him. I love the blend of science fiction and military. Oh, I love him. I, I'm not sure it's pronounced that way, but no, yeah, it's it's Serpentor. You know, I I love Serpentor. I like. There's no A in Serpentor. What the the messed up part is? I agree with Matt, but somewhere along the lines, you brainwashed me with like the brainwashing mission. Yeah. The brainwashing me. Yeah, <laughs> of course. When you sleep at night and at, at Heroes Con, I came over and put the headsets on me and just did all that. Anyway. I'm saying too much here that could get me in trouble. I see that monocle, Dr. Mindbender Pat. Uh I see see what you've been doing. Uh So number two, Jared mentioned a little earlier off camera about maybe some dreadnoughts. Yeah, maybe so. But my favorite dreadnought by far is Xandar. Nice. Nice. I like that. That's a good choice. I, I love Xandar. One of my favorite figures of all time. And I felt weird going into a podcast about G.I. Joe and having three Cobras. So I fished around and somewhat figured out my favorite G.I. Joe, and that's probably Shipwreck. Oh, the old Shipwreck. Okay. Yeah, Again, cartoon-based. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. I had the suspicion for years, and then I finally saw, gosh, I can't even remember who it was on a podcast somewhere, but he, he straight up said, yes, he's doing a Jack Nicholson impersonation. Like, it was completely intentional and i was like i I always wondered was that neil (laughs) ross i think that sounds right to me i'm not i'm not the cartoon guy i'm the toy guy that's how i came in but so the only names i know are like chris lotta don johnson uh sergeant slaughter these are the voice actors that i'm familiar (laughs) with the the only reason i'm 90 percent sure that's correct is we just had four voice actors announced for one of the local toy shows And it was basically Duke, Scarlet, Shipwreck, and Lady J. Are you going? Quite possibly. All right. So I need you to memorize this phrase. All right. Okay. Hi, this is in her character name, and you're listening to G.I. Joe Chronicles. All right. And then just record it on your phone. If they charge you money, don't worry. Delvin will send you the money via our Patreon account. Uh, Offer may not apply to all areas. And uh, yeah. All right. I'll keep that in mind. So there you have it. Serpentor, Serpentor, Xandar. Ironically, I almost forgot his name. And that was kind of his whole gig in the comics. And Shipwreck. Shipwreck, yep. Ahoy there. I have a feeling, Matt, you're more of a, you know, the villain side of things, right? 
oh, I am 100% the villain side of things. Okay. Which is not bad, you know. That's the nice thing about, you know, this property is you can like both teams on these and just oh yeah, root for them both. That's the one thing that I do like. With them, you've got characters on both sides. And it's not just, yes, there are generic blue shirt Cobra soldiers. Mm-hmm. The named characters are pretty fascinating. Yeah, There's yeah. a ton of history and a ton of depth to a lot of them. Yeah. So you can still enjoy them and kind of overlook some of their issues. I love Firefly a oh, lot. Yeah. You know, everybody loves Storm Shadow, but, you know, it goes, well, and, you know, and we see this in this issue as well. Speaking of this issue, Pat, I'm going to turn it over to you, DJ Cristados, for this episode's intelligence report. All right. For this mission, we will be covering G.I. Joe America's Elite. Number one publisher was Devil's Due. It's got a cover date of July 2005. Writer was Joe Casey. Penciler, Stefano Caselli. Anchor, Andrew Popoy. Colorist is Sundar Raj. Letter goes to Steve Seeley. Cover art is Stefano Caselli and Sundar Raj. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. Here we go. Simple, but strong. Under the standard 1980s G.I. Joe logo, we have the gold letters on the black background that brings us the subtitle America's Elite. The main action features the Joe team members of Flint, Roadblock, Storm Shadow, Duke, Scarlet, and Snake Eyes. They look a bit tougher and darker than their usual portrayals, but there is some optimism on the cover, too, as the American flag flies above them, backlit by the sun on a cloudy day. There are a couple of other, as you would imagine, relaunch, number one, a couple other variant covers. I'm just going to mention real quick. There's a Snake Eyes only cover, which is a Greg Horn. And I do remember having that one back in the day. Would you say that one was for like, since it's variant, like for your Snake Eyes only? (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's what I would say. It was a toy line exclusive. This is going from memory, folks. There was another one that featured Scarlet. And it was kind of cool. Like, artistically, it might be the best one of the three. I don't know. This is the one that the generic number one is pretty good, but it's a pretty good one of Scarlet sort of hunkered down. Looks like she almost is being hunted in this really good shadow work of the person hunting her. And then there's like an old homage cover to an old Captain America where he's punching out Hitler and it's Snake Eyes punching out Cobra Commander. It's got that real 40s feel. Very, very cool, sort of fun image. That's the one I like the most with the cell shading. Kind yes, of very cell shaded, very classic comic from the 40s look. Very cool, very fun. We're going to talk and rate and score. We're going to talk all that around the one I just described, which is the basic one. I wanted to let folks out there, you know, guys like Jim Meal, know that I did do a little research and there is alternate covers. I definitely remember having that Snake Eyes one. I remember taking it to a con and getting Greg Horn to sign it for me. I don't think I've ever seen these besides looking them up like this. So very cool. So with that... Let's go ahead and see what you guys think of the main cover. And we'll start with Matt. Serpent Matt, what is your thoughts on this cover? It's like Jared was saying, I like the backlit aspect of it. You get the sun filtering down through the flag. You get kind of a different angle than you would expect. It kind of feels like, are the Joes standing over like a fallen cover soldier? They're they're definitely not leaning over someone who's needing help because they're 
looking a little more menacing than you would expect from the Joes. But we know from issue zero, some dire stuff just happened. It definitely strikes me as kind of a dark, gritty cover, which is kind of what I got from this issue. So it definitely feels in line with what's coming, for sure. Definitely. It is a more, as Jared mentioned, a more greedier kind of feel to this one. And especially when you look at Flint and reading through all of the previous series, Flint's been through some stuff, especially at the end there, man. Yeah, I can definitely tell that Flint is, he's not fooling around anymore. And this is kind of gives you that vibe of, hey, we're, we're not fooling around anymore. And, you know, we're all about getting things done right now. It's all about the business. And this is the elite team. So they want to show the elite team that this is supposed to be. I like it. I kind of like that grittiness, but I like that shine of happiness of sunshine that kind of shows on the flag there that lightens it up. So it goes kind of dark from the bottom. And as you work way up, it lightens up. I, I like that contrast. Jarrett, what's your thoughts? Same as you, Pat. My favorite thing about this comic cover is that this is one of those covers where you can pick it up and look at it and just immediately remember this was when Flint was going through his hardest time. That is captured right there on the cover. No mm-hmm. bones about it. So like, I love the fact that you, you know, you, we haven't looked at this in 20 years, right? Yeah. I looked at it and I knew immediately. Yep. Okay. I remember. You know, the other, other thing I really like about it is you have to imagine folks picking this up. The number one, I'm sure a lot of Joe fans and folks picked up that 25 cent zero issue. Yeah. But for some folks, they were like, oh, a new number one's out. Let me grab it. And I just can't imagine how cool it'd be to look. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's got that, it's got the patriotic vibe going on. You know, it's Joe. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. And uh, Storm Shadow? What's Storm Shadow doing here? I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of one of my Intrigue. favorite things from this new, this new gear shift from the last two is like all of a sudden he's on the team and you're like, huh. It's not so long ago, I remember him infiltrating headquarters and slashing snake eyes across the face, mm-hmm. right? And then they they went toe-to-toe in those uh, Beck and Zek and Baby issues. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that as well. But artistically, everything else you guys said, Sundaraj killed it on the, color, on the colors here. I mean, Stefano Caselli is amazing, period. But the colors yeah. are what amp it up. Definitely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and find out how amped up it got you with the cover ratings that we do here on a scale of one to 10 flag points, one meaning you didn't like it at all and 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make this a recruiting poster out of it. So they're actually recruiting for the new series here. Do you want to be a part of America's elite? Is this going to be a number 10 for you? Are you going to put it up and sign up right away? Let's find out. Serpy Matt, what do you think? Are you down with a 10? Mm. It takes a lot for me to give something a 10. And while this is a good cover, it is definitely lacking Serpentor. Mm, Okay. So that that right there drops it down a one for me. But in all honesty, what I would say, your guys' thing is like, would you hang this on the wall? Would you put this on the wall somewhere? For me, although I like the colors, it's a little dark for me to put on the wall somewhere. I would give this an eight, though. That's what I would give it. Fair. Fair score. I th- I think that's a fair score. Jarrett, where are you on the cover? I'm not on the cover. I'm actually I'm right behind oh. Roadblock. Ah, I see that. Ah, <laughs> uh, I've got jokes for days. <laughs> uh in a sense, I agree with Sharpie Matt. It's a little 
dark. Do I want to hang it on my wall? Big part of me says, yeah, dude, it's really cool. You know, and the other part of me is like, be honest with them, Jared, you like your GI Joe a little bit brighter and optimistic, just a little, you know, I could take, you know, mm-hmm. I like a good dark cover, you know, snake eyes on issue 21, you know, hanging off the side with the Uzi. Yes. It was dark, but it was cool. You know, I just, I like a little bit more optimism. I get that this is a, you know, this clearly post September 11th, everything got a little darker and grittier and all that kind of stuff. So I get it long way. I, that's my Jason route to a nine. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I see what you're saying, you know, like you, you go back to issue 21 and I think, you know, the less you say about it, the better, you know, just keep things silent about it. I don't get it. You probably won't, but I do agree with you as well, too. I'm going to be at a nine on this one. This one, I I just think it's a, it's a new era. So it makes me feel like, Ooh, we're going to, you know, here's some more Joe. I got to get into on it again. These were one of the times where you're like, Hey, devils do. I really enjoyed that first series. Let's get into this next series. You know, I'm excited for it. I want to read more about it. So let's go and get into it. Two cool guys at nine. Sir Mator at. (laughs) I'm just trying that out, Matt. Just trying that out. I didn't hate it. It's just like a couple snakes trolling around for an eight. It's it's okay. There you go. (laughs) It's all good here. All right. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. Look in the eyes of a hero. The G.I. Joe team begins their search for whoever is responsible for the crash satellite in Chicago. Destro apparently survived that nuking of Cobra Island thing because he's cruising around in a submarine with Alexander, still mourning the loss of Baroness and his unborn child. Scarlet starts hunting some leads by checking in on Cesspool, only to find out that he's dying of cancer. But she also found out he's being protected by his wife and some weird robot children. The big reveal comes when a new team member, Storm Shadow, is let in on a big Joe team secret. They are holding the Baroness prisoner in a secret facility. And the issue ends with another satellite falling to Earth. And this time it looks like it's going to wreak havoc somewhere in California. Now back to G.I. Joe. Okay, now it's time for our thoughts, our highs and our lows. We've got two rounds of highs or lows, whatever you choose to do. Pat's going to do what he wants to do anyway. We will start with Matt. So first thing that really stood out to me on this issue, I'm normally not a big Snake Eyes Scarlet type person. That's all the time we have for Matt. Thank you for stopping by. You've been great. <laughs> no, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm a cartoon person. But I do like how they had the little Scarlet Snake Eyes moment before Scarlet went off and just had an amazing section of the book going after cesspool finding out he's got cancer now from everything he's done there were consequences to his actions all of a sudden now we see he's got a wife bodyguard there with him 
And then, oh, we delve into body horror with robot kids peeling their faces off at her. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, me either. And I, I read this yeah. back in the day and I was like, oh, well, this is good. Oh, this is real good. I like this. So that's that's what jumped out to me first. I, I love bonkers in this things as well, my friend. So I am absolutely with you on that. Jared loves the bonkers. It was bonkers enough that Cesspool was like in such awful shape. I mean, part of you almost felt bad for him. You know, we did, that yeah. guy. He, like you said, he, he he dabbled in things he shouldn't dabble in. But man, he's he is in a bad way. You know, a bad way. You mess with toxic waste and shoot it at people, and there's probably going to be some consequences. Yeah. yeah. But and probably I, the fluorescent colors too that he wore. You know, that, that probably maybe in that day glow. Yeah, the day glow back then. It's like, yeah. come on. man. I did not expect that. And it was it was a rough but cool twist. Definitely. So. You know how the old saying goes, if you got toxic waste, don't shoot it at people. That, that's how the old saying goes. I think it was Thomas Jefferson said that. Hmm. Pat. Where's to live by? You know, I was surprised, too, on how this turned out. I wasn't expecting it to go down that route. And this really was a good Scarlet kind of issue. You get to see her do some heavy battling with, I don't know, you know, who this person is, but it's his wife protector. I mean, that's pretty cool. Dude married up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Definitely married up on that. And I don't know where, where are these robots from? Or are these, you know, are these the new generation of bats, maybe? Ooh, interesting. Little they're, rug bats. Baby bats. Yeah, rug bats. Batlings. <laughs> Battlings, yes. Little bastards running around. <laughs> you know, and then just all the development that was happening in this one, the zero issue kind of set us up. So they got us in, you know, got the key players a, a little bit started. What was happening? Who is the, I don't want to say big bad, but, you know, who's who's a good bad that's happening at this moment? Um, never showed him who it is oh. in this issue. No, oh, you had to read the 25 cent issue to know who's behind this yeah. whole thing. I had to go back and read issue zero because I was like, who is this? Who is behind the whole thing? Because the, the great part is the Joes don't okay, know. They're yeah. guessing wrong. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely well done on that. And uh, some good character moments, even with Destro just kind of being a little bit distraught, a little bit standoffish. I mean, just the, the way he manhandled the son. And he was just like, hey, I'm just here to report something. And whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. My brother's in a bad way right now. You know, I'm just glad he wasn't nuked on the island. You know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, cesspool. Like, what are some other things he could have done? Like, instead of shooting toxic waste, man. Like, silly string, man. Silly, silly string. string. Yeah. What if he shot like mustard and ketchup and relish like, oh yeah oh you know what what if he got like one of those things that turns vegetables you know and makes it into spaghetti and just kind of shot that at people oh, and just said God. you know eat your vegetables man yeah. eat your vegetables they're not toxic for you. last time i good checked you. you know carrots don't give you cancer no they're good for your eyes salad shooter the salad shooter oh, and cool. Destro would like that because it has a name Shooter, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I like that salad shooter. Hey, all right. Thanks for stopping by, uh, Orsted. Uh, Pat, I- I'm gonna pick up where you left off. Okay. About Orsted's brother Destro in the submarine. 
And I want to talk about something that is insanely specific in round one. I love the way Destro's eyes are green and Alexander's are blue. What a cool mm. little detail to make it easy to tell them apart because when they're both wearing the mask, it could be the one, right? And I mean, yeah. Caselli is drawing his ass off. This whole book, the art is great, but that I guess that would credit maybe to Sunder Raj, or maybe it was, you know, the writer said, hey, let's make sure we do this and differentiate. Whoever's decision it could be the whole it team. It was a golden decision. Yeah, because when Destro doesn't have the big puffy pimp collar and the jewel, you got to have some way to tell him apart. Yeah, if you're zoomed in, and I was like, this is brilliant. You know, and, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've made a comic in my life. And so I think I'm an expert, but I'm I, actually I don't. And that's the whole point is I'm always looking for these little things that can make your comic better. I'm like, that's tiny. And I mean, we're talking literally tiny color change makes it so much easier for the reader. And I thought it was brilliant. So I got hung up on a tiny little detail, but I will expand that to say that the art and coloring in this book is phenomenal. And Pat, you mentioned the big action beat with Scarlet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that fight the scene. Wife. A good fight scene flow. You know, we, we've talked about the masters of that, like Norm Bray, Fogel, and um, mm-hmm. oh, uh, who was the oh, who was the James uh, Bond guy that we interviewed? Um, uh, Ibrahim. Um, Ibrahim Mustafa. Mustafa. Yeah. Yes. He's oh, killer yeah. at Perfect it. Guy. Well, Perfect guess guy. what? Caselli. He's got a lot of good flow yeah. going. So I'll just make my round one. I'm gonna pull a pat. I'm gonna talk the art, all of it. Oh, it's all man, mine. you stole my, you stole my second round. Ha ha ha! Speaking of second round, we're back to Sir Mator, which yeah, it it, it works. It's funny. I like it. Hey, whatever you gotta do. I, I would think you would like it to be blended with you know, but if you don't like it, that's that's what Sir Matt is. But you know what? Uh, if you gotta give him a new nickname, I'll take it. All right, all right, he wants to stick with Serpent Matt. We'll talk to HR about it. We'll get Laurel on the yeah, on the Laurel, phone. yeah. And uh, but we'll proceed. What what do you got, my friend? Depends on what's on the the name badge. It's all good. <laughs> so for my second round, you know, I kind of get where you guys are going with the Destro stuff. That was one of the things that jumped out to me too. It's not looking so hot for Destro. Maybe maybe not so much Destro, but everyone else in the world. I mean, if you have Destro tucked away with his solitude and his grief on a nuclear sub and you mix that. Yeah. Look at how he was lashing out at Alexander. Mm -hmm. Very bad things could be on the horizons from Mr. Destro and Mars Industries. That is an excellent point, Matt. That is, I was too busy focused on his grief and asking the question in the back of my mind, how the hell did he escape that island? And I really hope we get to see that. But that is a, I was kind of thinking past. How did he get out of the island? How, you know, you're thinking future, and that is brilliant. That is a dangerous dude right there. And wow, yeah, that's something to keep your eye on. I think it's just, you know, he's biding the time because actually they say it too, that he's supplying some of the stuff to the baddie for this opening. Oh, you know, I might have missed that. So he's in cahoots oh, with Wing, Wingfield? I, that's, that's I, I don't think they like. know who it is. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Destro knows who it is. He's just like, sweet, it's another buyer. Oh, okay. I read this before I got the COVIDs, and I think some of my brain cells uh, died off. So, what show is this? this, There's an action film face off. Action film Robotech. Proceed with that. This is where we do, you know, we go through a couple different rounds, specifically not in that same order. But (laughs) it's very clever, Pat. It's very funny. (laughs) Speaking of different rounds, it's round two, and it's your turn, Pat. You know, let's talk about Storm Shadow. You know, everybody loves him. You know, he's a guy you kind of love to hate because he's, uh, am I this side? Am I that side? What side am I on? 
but I'm a bad dude no matter what side he's on. Do you want him on the team? Do you not? Or do you not want him on? That that would be a good question. Would you want him on your team or would you not want him on your team? And I guess I would say I would want him on my team because I don't want that loose. You know, I want to be able to control this guy just yeah. like what they're trying to do here. But with his history of brainwashing, if he's on your team, is he really on your team? Better to keep an eye on him than not know what he's up to. That's yeah. That's what I'm. That's what my thought is. On. Now, now, how much do you trust him? And he got a big piece of trust in this issue, didn't he? He did. Yeah, because I didn't. Was a, that was a big surprise to see that they took him down. I was like they took him down to this level that nobody else knows about. Only not even the team that's there know about it. And then they show him the Baroness. Is, is she still pregnant? I, I couldn't. I was looking Tell at what's that happening. art, and I was like, I think she's got a baby bump. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I can't remember where the series goes. I can't so, either. I don't know if she's still with child, or maybe she lost it in the... However I, she got I, the explosion, yeah. we need to know that. Yeah, yeah. It, so it I'm almost like, felt like a little bit of a loyalty test. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let's see if he's really with us, or is he going to try to bust her out? Uh, oh, see, that's a good take on that. That's a good tape because you know why. But so, here's the problem with that: I could be the world's most loyal Joe, and I I'd want to bust out back. <laughs> it's a personal choice. It's a personal choice. <laughs> it, having Snake Eyes vouch with you for you goes a long way. This That's, is this is a big test. It is a big test. Definitely an eyebrow raiser. But you know, what, I, at my old job, we used to work with this lady, right? And she was what we call a bulldog, like. She wanted something done. She would stay in your face. She would literally come sit in your office until you did it. Like just a pain in the butt, right? And a pain in the butt until she was doing something that you needed her to do. Now, all of a sudden, she's a tremendous asset. That's what I think we got going on with Storm Shadow, right? Okay. We want him because he's a tremendous asset pointed in the right direction. But yeah, that brainwashing thing, got to keep it up. Got to keep it up. Hopefully it doesn't Mm -hmm. backfire on you. Sometimes it will. This half the fun of reading G.I. Joe comics. Yeah. What's your thoughts? I don't know, Pat. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. I would really like to know what your thoughts are. Are you got any high lows or what does for the second round? Oh, man. I think we've hit all the salient points, to be honest with you. I, so I'm going to do another sort of step back. You know, I, I, I did the tiny detail of the eyes and step back to the art. And this time it's going to step back to the broad story that Joe Casey's painting here. He's got what's going on with Storm Shadow. How the heck did Baroness survive? How the heck did Destro survive? what's Destro going to do? What's Destro going to do when he is going to find out? He's going to find out she's still Mm -hmm. alive at some point. Oh, yeah. These are all things we just can't wait to see happen. And the other big thing that you just sit there and scream at the comic, you know, as you read it, is you're watching the Joes chase down these leads, cesspool and freaking robot kids. I don't know where that's going either. They're chasing the wrong leads. Mm -hmm. It's not Cobra at all. So they're uncovering... Deeper layers, you know, the onions just uncovering some other stuff. They are peeling back the layers of onion, but the bad guy is a green pepper. And they have mm. no reason to suspect him. It's great. It's like the, when you watch a TV show and you as the audience know, you know, who the killer is and the cops are yeah. just looking at the wrong people. You know, you're just like, come on. Yeah. He's this like, I've been here the whole time. Joe Casey knows exactly what he's doing. He's yeah. got how many hooks has he got in us right now? Storm, I don't Fairness, yeah. Destro. Uh, Wingfield, nobody knows it's Winfield unless you bought the 25 cent issue. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. He's got more hooks into us than like Pinhead does. It's crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he has such sights to show us. 
deep Hellraiser cuts for all our listeners out there. Welcome to Hellraiser Cast with Serpy Matt and Jared. In the first Hellraiser movie, Frank actually, Cotton. Frank, as played by the same guy who played Scorpio and Dirty Harry. Anyways, what were we doing? All right, we have finished our rounds. Man, there's been a lot to talk about. This is a very, very strong issue. Now, as always, we're going to see if we have any burning thoughts or questions. We will start with Matt. I kind of want to know how they got around turning Flint into the Punisher fully. He is 100% Frank Castle in my mind right now. And I know with what happened to Lady J, just like the mannerisms, everything. It just feels like they went, hey, here, here's the Punisher. Let's put him right there. He is now Mm -hmm. a G.I. Joe. Yeah, you know, you're right. One more hook to keep an eye on. Good writing by by Casey. Another thing that I kind of like about it is if we're honest with ourselves, Flint and Duke, kind of the same guy. Yeah. Very Mm -hmm. similar. I've always been a Flint guy, but yes, I can be. I can be honest with myself and say they're extremely similar. And this really helps to separate them. See, I, th- I think I'm more of a Duke guy just because been there longer with him. You know, that's OK. There's two cool guys on Flint Island. So it's home. <laughs> that's right. Finally, Pat, you're a chump. <laughs> no, oh, I see. Oh, you turned that on me. Sir Mantor got me. Sir Mantor got me. That's right. Maybe our, our resident comic artist might can tell me what this is. What are the leg straps on Scarlet's costume? Those seem to make no sense to me. Hang on a second. Let me see what you're referencing. If you look on the page where she's having her moment in the hall with snake eyes, there are giant leg straps coming off of her suit. And I can't figure out what those are for. The ones that kind of go over her butt. Is that what we're talking about? And like, yeah, down. Oh, they hook I see. They hook yeah. down. Okay. Yeah, it's... Less of an art thing, more of a military thing. That is definitely some form of tech gear. And there's an there's an artist interpretation here, so I could be wrong, but I think that's tech gear that goes onto her web belt. I'm using actual military terms now, and I think they actually go up over her shoulders as suspenders to put things on when you're in the battle. But when you're not, you drop. Even when she's in the fight in a different costume, she has those on. And they're still down. If it's a stylistic choice, it's cool. But I'm just trying to figure out what's happening there. You're right. They are there again. And that is still tactically, that is silly because it's just one more thing to get caught on something. Right. That's definitely a a legit concern. Does it look good? She's throwing a flying kick, and the mom of Robo Batlings can grab it and swing her into the wall. Yes. No, you're right. It is tactically, it is a bad idea. I'm guessing they did it artistically because it really helps to show movement. That's my best guess. It really helps to show movement. But you're right. Like, my first guess was they were meant to be pulled up on shoulder, but she's tactically not using them smart. It is when you load out in the military, even though you have all this gear on you, one of the things you're very aware of is the fewer things that can snag on something, the better. Yeah, You're just asking for it there. You're right. I was fully expecting to, like, be some kind of straps to put stuff on and then Later on the book, they're still down and she's fighting. And I'm like, just her look, man. That's that's what I've got. The burning round. All right. I just have one thing. And it really stood out to me in this issue. And I'm sure if I look back at some of the other Devil's Do issues that we've been reading, and I don't remember if I mentioned it. So I'm going to mention it here. If I did, I'm sorry. But I really like that they put the story first and all the ads later on. There's no breakup of the story, right? That's so a good you point. You've that. never mentioned it. 
you get that story here and then the rest of the ads later on. And I like that because there isn't that breakup, you know, to kind of pull you out. You stay into the story on these. And maybe I just so used to the way the devil do was doing it that it didn't really mean to bring anything into my head on that. So I just wanted to say kudos to that idea, the way they did that. You see that a lot in a lot of independent non-Marvel DC comics. And you're right. It helps the flow of the story immensely to not, and this, and action. And all of a sudden, hey, play this new video game or go chew this wobble gum. Mm-hmm. That was just pie. Yes. Mm. No, I, I just wanted to say I really noticed it in this one for some reason. It's, no, it's a good point to make after what, 40 something uh, episodes we've done uh, on this. And we've never mentioned it. And you're absolutely right. And and Matt's right. I know that like Dynamite Comics does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I read my James Bond books, they don't tell ads in the back, all that stuff. So yeah, it's a, Excellent. Well, maybe a good question to ask our buddy Josh. If we get around to talk to him again. So, Josh, yeah. if you are listening, please let us know. We would love to hear what the thought is behind that. Do you guys know who never has any burning thoughts after the rounds are over? No. The guy who edits the show. All right. So, back to you, Pat. I think it is time to talk about the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, That means we're going to score this issue story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. So, Sir Matt, Sir Mantor, what are you going to rate this issue? I would rate this book a 9. It was very engaging. I'm ready to read issue 2, so I'm going to have to go dig in my box and find it and start reading because I need to know what happens. It's been way too long since I've read this series it's going to be getting a reread here soon. Jarrett, on the same one to 10 flag points, are you with Matt on a nine? Matt said he was ready to read the next issue and he gave it a nine. I am energized to read the next issue. I'm giving this a full 10. Yo, There's so many hooks in me right now. I, I want to know more. I love where this is going. Like I said, the fact that I'm just, Dying watching Joe's run around chasing absolute all the wrong trails is mm. yeah, it's great storytelling. It's just like get get it's that old it's that guy from issue four from back in 1980. <laughs> <You know? laughs> why would they, they even have, think of him, right? Why would he even come yeah. up? That's that's the I didn't remember it. Yeah. yeah. I'm so and, excited to read the next issue. I when I'm at this level of excitement, I'm going to a full 10. Okay. That's awesome. And they haven't even gone into any of the other teams that went off yet right we don't know what snake eyes is doing where's he going stalker is he going after stalker yeah where are those other teams going after see i think if they would have given us just a little hint more about what snake eyes was doing other than just he's there something's happening i want to know where Mm -hmm. maybe we'll find out next issue hopefully we do with that i am going to be with matt on a nine two cool guys with a nine, one excellent chump. Yeah. You know, I got to you, you gotta give you props. I'm just very excited about it. And that's mm-hmm. okay. And that's okay. Very yeah. excited about know. my chumpiness. There is a lot going on, and I'm looking forward to where this goes. And now that we've got the scoring out of the way, it's time to award this episode's Silver Star or Silver Snake Medal. For gallantry in action or sneaky snakitude in this issue.
This is where we each get to award the character in the issue who went above and beyond or below and sneaky. Let's find out, Matt, who went above or who went below. I would definitely be giving the Silver Star this issue to Scarlet. Mm. The fight scene, her going in alone, managing to take out the wife slash bodyguard, even with whatever straps that could have gotten in the way and got her in trouble, <laughs> only to now be maybe trapped by strange body horror robot kids. I want to know more, but she dove into that. So Scarlet gets my Silver Star. Nice choice, Jared. Who is your choice, Silver Star or Silver Snake? I'm going to give a Silver Snake to my man Destro, survived a nuclear blast of Cobra Island. He's plotting, he's scheming, he's doing Destro-y things, and that makes me very happy. What are you going to do, Pat? Well, Jared, I'm going to join you with Destro. I thought his kind of story arc there was pretty interesting, very schemingly, very schemingly. And what hooked me is what we talked about earlier was he's like, oh, so... Whoever we're selling to is doing this stuff and he knows it. He's like, well, let's continue to sell. You know, I need to, he's all about the money anyway. He's all about the Benjamins and that's what he wants. But he's also like, let's put a little data out there and see what we can get back as well, too. So then maybe I can change that information and sell it again. You know, either make some money from the Joes or make some money from somewhere with the intel that I can gather on who this person really is. Or could I use them to, up myself up a little bit so definitely destro it's my silver snake and now that we've got that all squared away and awards granted let's go ahead and go to Jarrett for his segment called death probes toy chest it's here the gi joe collection each sold separately gi joe from hasbro thank you pat in this segment i'll take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it for this issue i've selected cesspool cesspool is a chief environmental operative for cobra his real name is vincent a de Aeva. one of those many many guys who was named after one of the higher ups at hasbro Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. He's from Newton, Massachusetts. His description is as follows. Uh, it's insane. Uh, he wears a teal green bodysuit with purple gloves and purple enhancements. He's got one arm that's gold. He's got gold shoulder pads. He has a big red cobra emblem on his chest. Black boots. Big scar down the side of his face. Yeah, there's a lot going on on this one. What did he come with, you might ask? Uh, Cesspool came with a gold and orange helmet. The breather piece is removable. A gold chainsaw. A blue rifle that could fire water. A blue and orange backpack that held the water. And an orange hose that attached the rifle and the backpack. You're hearing blue. You're hearing orange. You heard me do that costume description. It's a big hint that we are in the Ninja Turtles era of toys. In fact, he was first released in 1991 as part of Series 10, and he was discontinued in 1992. He was released under the Eco Warriors label. Currently, as of this recording, which is in September of 2023, there are two versions of Cesspool in the three and three quarter scale. All right. I know I've got him in my collection. I suspect Matt has him in his. Matt, do you have him in your collection as if I haven't been watching you show it to the camera while I was describing? I certainly do. I had to hunt him down. I'd been hunting him for a few years and I didn't want to go the eBay route and pay a ton of money. So 
he actually popped up complete, even with the nice little hard-to-find rebreather piece. Nice. At a toy show I went to a couple months ago, and I got him for about 25 bucks. So nice. it was a steal. So he came home. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. I pretty sure I found mine at a yard sale. I, I paid nowhere near 25 bucks, but I don't think I have any of his accessories. I think I'm a figure only. So you, you've got a nice looking complete figure. That's one thing I was like, I figured when I start replacing figures, I better get them complete because I'm never going to find the accessories. Yeah, that is the trick. Pat, you got a cesspool over at your house? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked because I don't have a cesspool. It's too toxic for me. I was like, why do I want a toxic pool? I don't, I don't, eh. I do not have a cesspool. But if someone wants to send me one, you're more than welcome to. You seem more of an <laughs> eco warrior kind of guy trying to do the right thing. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Yeah, I'm all about the eco, man. Yeah, man. You, you don't want to be like cesspool. Man. It just sounds bad. It's like, who wants to swim in that? Yeah. Cool. Come on. Don't. Yeah. That's how Do you something get evil like, robot kids. Yes, right. Yeah. You know what? You know what's good is it's. You know what's good for you is sassafras. Ooh. So be sassafras pool. Yeah. That sounds Sass fun. Pool. Sassafras yeah. pool. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I'm not sure what sassafras is, but it sounds awesome. All right. Thanks, Orsted. All right. So uh, two cool guys have a cesspool figure. Hmm. Nope. And then there's a, well, we all, we all, we all. Yeah. Back to you, Pat. Jump. Next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. Calling G.I. Joe. Go get Breaker. He can do it. As always, we'll start off Combat Comms with a roster of our Battle Hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special long box crusade video episodes free raffle giveaways voting on show programming and so much more these are the fine folks reaping the benefits and enjoying some much appreciated support to the show angelica wolf alburn elvis bill beer blast it or you can stash it braxton underwood Captain Entropy. Clinton Robeson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason Keane. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim. German, Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German. I hope you like to German too. Jim Mill. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. That slacker. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright, the MVP. Mark Ross, a.k.a. Club Trent. Matt and Lizzie Paso. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents. Rob Captain Morgan. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Spreadsheet. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone in our list, we do apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you 
by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's very simple. Just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. And I'm talking all the access. So make sure you come and check it out. It's a good deal. We couldn't ask for anything more. Serpy Matt says it's good. It's a good deal. I mean, technically, you guys give all the access. So you you really couldn't ask for more because it's all given. Correct. I guess I never thought about it that way. Wow. That's a good way of looking at it. You get all the access. It's given to you right away. You don't have to ask more. It is right there for you the minute you unlock it. One buck and you're in. I mean, come on. Perfect. With that, let's go ahead and see what messages we have from our platoon of loyal listeners. We have Waiting for us on Breakers Sat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. These are the comments from episode 42 and 43, where we went through issues 42 and 43 of the final issues of the Devil's Due first series run. With that, let's go ahead and start off. Pat, we had Mr. Steve Martin himself over on YouTube. Steve Martin 3451 said, I just got onto this a few weeks ago and immediately binged through them all. Thank you guys for acknowledging this run and yo, Joe. Thank you for the YouTube comment, Mr. Steve Martin. Definitely appreciate that. I'll go ahead and read one from Scotty Cameron. And Scotty says, Comic Vine has Wilder Vaughn listed as one of the Black Majors aliases. I don't know if that's a user's random edit or if he actually used that alias. The Black Major's real name is typically John Shepard, not Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. Good information to know. He's dropping some knowledge on uh, the Black Major and all those Red Shadows guys. I don't know a lot yeah. about those guys. No, I, I don't either. I don't either. I played a lot of Mass Effect, but that doesn't help us here. So, Auburn Ellis wants to know, why would they kill 25% of all the G.I. Joe ladies in this issue? Seems a little harsh. To that, Jared, you know, he kind of broke it down and let them know they need more bathroom availability back at the headquarters. Kathy wanted to pitch in and also say, for tweeting while pooping? (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our fan base. (laughs) All right, we got one from our friend Clinton over at the Fan Film Friday's podcast. He said, you guys, issue 43 better end with Orsted declaring world peace. And it happens until that next series starts, in which case Orsted tells the bad guys to just chill, man. Yeah, man. Just think about how much better these issues would be if Orsted could just get through to everybody. It'd be issues of like, just Joes and Cobras hanging out, you know, doing stuff. Planting a garden, you know, and then yeah. each issue we see how it grows and just... It becomes yeah. a community and everybody's involved. It needs to be a flip issue. An Orsted back story in each oh, issue. Yes, yes. He just convinces them, to like, let's just do good stuff. You know, like Beachhead and Mindbender spend the day at the beach just cleaning up. You know, yeah. getting rid of the pollution and the riffraff and the garbage. You know, don't have to fight each other. Fight the aluminum cans that are left behind. I, I don't think Orsted would survive a run-in with Beachhead. That's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take one from Serpy Matt. Hey, I think I know that guy. And Serpy Matt says, great episode. 
sad the run is coming to an end, but looking forward to the show continuing. Are you really, Matt? That that guy knows what he's talking about. You can trust him. Uh, okay. 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 That's that's two source uh, identification right there. All right. We did two factor. We got it right there. We got it. So definitely agree with Lady J getting the silver star. So awesome. Thank you, Serpy Matt. So Jim Mill said, after doing some research, probably similar to what Jared did, there have been multiple figures of Red Laser, Red Jackal, and Red Shadow troop builders through the years, but no figures of the three main shadows that were created for these issues from Devil's Do. Says it's a weak spot in his knowledge, but he always enjoys learning more. I also kind of looked at that same time and didn't find anything because I didn't remember them being made either. Always good to hear from Jim. Yeah, with that information. Thank you, Jim. Nathaniel Beasley over at Facebook said, I somehow never actually read these issues until a few weeks ago. Honestly, the weakest part of the Jurwell run. The Red Shadows weren't that interesting. Lady J's death wasn't earned yet. The rest of the run is still gold standard for G.I. Joe. So apparently for this dude, Nathaniel, Red Shadows and the Lady J thing didn't sit well. And, you know, there were a lot of people who felt that at the time as well. Uh, You know, I kind of track him on Red Shadows. It can be hard to get used to a new faction that we haven't seen before. I I appreciate the risk taking on Jerwa's part, giving us something new. But, you know, it's it's everybody's personal taste. And uh, it wasn't for our man, Nathaniel. That's all right. Then we have one from Eugene Jones. I think it's his first comment for us. And Eugene says, is this a comic I can download and read? If so, where can I get it? We talked a little bit about this, Pat. It apparently is it's tricky to download. So I, I don't know the answer. I, I have them all hardbound but due to my extreme fanciness. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard from other people that are kind of hard to find. And I, I think especially those those 43 because Image was producing them and then Devils Do took over. So yeah. I'm not sure who they yeah. would get so royalties. Yeah. That where might they be are the out there. Yeah, where are they out there for you can, you know, like Comixology or something like that? I'm not sure if they were able to get that out there. I don't think they're on Comixology, but I'd be curious if somehow they don't get reprinted with the new line with, I think it's Skyline, something like that. Could be. Could be. Man, it'd be great if they brought these back in like an omnibus or or trades or that would just be so cool. For sure. So Christian Romero says, got it. And has his cover of issue number 42. That's a repeating thing for Christian. We always love when he checks in with his collection. Uh, okay, so that's at the point where we've got all the feedback for 42. We're moving into feedback for 43. And it starts back with Steve Martin again, the master of comedy himself. And he said, I truly enjoyed the series, fellas. Great run and great job covering it. Uh, that means the world to us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Steve, and I hope you stick around. Uh, we love having you as our only guy on YouTube that comments. So, you know, keep that up. Definitely. With that, we'll go to Scotty Cameron. And Scotty Cameron, uh, he not only, just like Steve Martin, he comments on YouTube. Scotty's always commenting on Spotify as well, too. So we get that feedback there, too. So if you're on Spotify and listening, make sure you make a comment there and we will get it put on the show here. With that, Scotty says, great episode love the introduction of the red shadows the website comic vine has wilder von listed as a black major alias but he visually looks like baron ironblood unmasked Ooh, more information so we also have another comment from scotty cameron great show guys looking forward to america's elite and special mission read-alongs america's elite was the first gi joe comic line i read and i liked it 
also nice words from Blaylock. Robert Kirkman seems to be the ideal person Blaylock described as someone who knows the brand. And we've got one from Clinton Robinson over on Facebook. Clinton says, coming in September or steadcast. Okay, probably not, but should be. And we're not ruling anything out. We're not ruling anything out. <laughs> we may have an all or stead episode sometime. You never know. Yeah, man. That would make my day. We have another one from Fernando Garcia. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fernando Garcia is is commenting in Spanish and essentially saying it's, it always pays to use images of G.I. Joe. Uh-huh. So I think what he's saying is, you know, I caught he, we caught his eye in the in the Facebook feed. And, you know, he's like, you know, okay. you know, if I see basically saying if I see G.I. Joe, Joe images, I'm liking I'm, it. I'm liking it type of a deal. And I. I thought that was funny, and I wanted to show how smart I was and how well I speak Spanish, even though I had yes. my wife translate that for me before the show. Because I couldn't say it, folks. So it's totally written in another language. It's called Spanish. Um, yeah. Spanish. Yeah. In Spanish, yeah. Yes. How about I'll, you just let us know what Dino Monzon said? I can do that, Jared. The British version of the Red Shadows was far better executed. The DDP take, for all the hype, just mimicked Batman's bane. Adrenaline Accelerator? Read Dark Knight. And who hasn't read Dark Knight and know how Bane kind of beat Batman with that? And their pro-environment nonsense. This is supposed to be G.I. Joe, not Cap Planet. Ooh. Oh, man. Controversial stuff yes. in the chat. You know, my, my odd thought on that one when I read it, I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. He clearly likes the, the British Red Shadows better. And they probably are better. We just don't know. Like, the, there's this yeah. whole history. You, I haven't read much of the UK side. That I, I imagine since that's where it originated from, there's probably a lot more to it. Absolutely agree. And then he was like, you know, uh, this pro-environment nonsense is supposed to be G.I. Joe, not Captain Planet. And I just stopped and thinking. I was like, well, I guess it couldn't have been too ham-handed because I forgot that they were pro-environmentalists. Like, I mean, they clearly didn't beat us over the head with it. But I do remember, I felt like they were more like um, Ra's al Ghul. Like, we want to cleanse that. I don't want to see. Yeah. Kind of cleanse the planet by just kind of getting rid of riffraff and fewer people and all that. Yeah. So... I mean, I get his comparison, but I really, I really felt it was more like a Ra's al Ghul thing than like a really beating you over the head, you know, Captain Planet environmentalist message. But, I, you know, different people can read it different ways, right? So mm-hmm. what we do? I'm just glad he, he chipped in with a comment. I appreciate it, Dino. I wish we knew more about the British Red Shadow. So, mm-hmm. you know, keep hopefully you keep reading along with us and let us know what you think about these uh, newer issues that you know don't have Red Shadows. In. Our next comment is from Christian Romero. Got it? Oh, wait, sorry, I read that wrong. Got it. It was an exclamation point. Not a question mark. <laughs> I told you it was a theme with this guy. It just, uh, the fact that he goes out of his way to go take the picture and then post it, and just say, got it. it yeah. you out. Appreciate no, I, it. I, I, I love it. it. I love it. That's awesome. And of course, Scotty Cameron doing Scotty Cameron things. One of my favorite things about Scotty, you hear his name mentioned a lot in this because he's commenting in a lot of different places, which mm-hmm. really helps out the show. So thank you for doing that, Scotty. Uh, he said, great episode, guys. We've reached the end of phase one of the journey. Looking forward to phase two. Liked having Josh Blaylock on. Hope he knows G.I. Joe is in good hands with Robert Kirkman and Skybound. You guys mentioned that. Yeah, I I think Kirkman's probably a good cat for this. He's shown that he understands a lot of universes. I don't know. I, has anybody here sampled any Kirkman Joe stuff? Is that available yet? Is any, I'm not up to speed. It's not yet that I've seen. I've read He's Void doing- Rivals, which... Mm-hmm. is what's kind of introducing it. He's building the universe. Yeah. And I've read the first two or three issues of Void Ravels and I've enjoyed it. 
the only thing that's been previewed so far from Joe is a few pages from 301 got out there on previews and I'm ready. I need it now injected in my veins. <laughs> oh, okay. But looking good. Well, there you have it, folks. Eventually we'll cover that in, I don't know, 16 years. I, I don't know. However long, I, we'll, we'll probably still be doing this. The year is 2077. Yes. We finally got to the Kirkman run. All it's, right. And you know why you got there? It's because, oh, you've been eating their vegetables. That's right. And doing know. really good. You guys, guys are cover all these good. Jewish, I man. Yeah. You there's just got there's a couple yourself. of keys, man. Cottage cheese. Oh, yes. Pears. Rhubarb. Oh, I love me some rhubarb. Rhubarb pie. Onions. Onions. Corn. Yes. Peppers. Chicken. Oh, only yeah. the bell peppers, not the and, jalapenos. Those yeah, what's, what's the point? I don't want to hurt when I eat. Did I mention you know, cottage cheese yet? Yes, yes. Uh, and, and the onions. I love the onions. I love rubbing that on me because it keeps the ladies away. And it keeps me focused on just making sure I'm, you know, purifying myself. Oh, yeah. And when, yeah. when you cut them, you cry so you're sensitive. You clean your soul and exactly. your Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Thank you. Or You know, Orsted, while you're here, tell people how they get in touch with us. Maybe they want to hear their voice on the show. That's no problem, man. Just leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269. On our completely 100% biodegradable, made from recycled voicemail machine. 707-532-L box. Pick up the phone. You know what, folks? We do have one audio send in. And, and because he does clone himself, I do believe. Get ready to wrap your mind around this because he's here as the guest. It's his audio send in. Wow. So uh, what? let's see what Matt Passo, Crusaders Club member Matt Passo, sent in. What's up, Jared? This is Matt Passo, Serving Matt Online. I'm just calling to hassle you because why have I not been on G.I. Joe Chronicles yet? Come on. I need to talk to Orsted. Let me know. Call me back. Bye. There you go, Matt. Ask and answered. This has got to be the promptest response Ooh. to a voicemail you've ever left. <laughs> that, that was like the third or fourth me, but I'm glad I made it here. That's always we're so happy clones. you are here. Yes, thank you, and thank your clones for the voicemail. I love it. He used the phone I, without telling me, so he had to go. Oh, okay. I, I run a strict clone house here. I yeah, I that makes perfect sense. That will bring us to Mission Complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Christados, where do they find it? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade out there in this world wide web everywhere. Pretty much on any podcatcher out there, you name it. You can just search for Longbox Crusade. And you will find it. If you don't, you know what? Send an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it all squared away for you. Or just go to www.longboxcrusade.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. If you want to chat with us online personally, we can be found at Pat. Where can they find you? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter X. Twix, whatever you want to call it. I'm at Christatos01. Jarrett, where can you be found? 
I am pleased that you inquired. I am at Yard Sale Artist X, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Shout out to the guy at Dragon Con who bought one of each, every one of my G.I. Joe prints. I made $6.2 million on that sale. Thanks, dude. You got your own nuclear sub from that? Oh, man. Uh, I blew it all on sassafras for Orsted. Oh, oh. I still don't even know what it is. It'll grow. It'll grow. And then you can just have your sassafras enterprise. You were in Orsted, just sassafras. I'll I'll get with him later on it. While I'm getting with him on that, Matt, if you want to talk with people online, where would they find you? If people want to talk to me online, you can find me pretty much on Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram, threads, whatever is out there. You can find me at Serpymat under all those, S-E-R-P-Y-M-A-T-T. I will talk G.I. Joe with you. I will talk wrestling. You might see weird random toy photos posted. That's what you get in Matt's Wonderful World. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles. We will see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover G.I. Joe special missions from Marvel number one, that sinking feeling. Until then, platoon, fall out. Yo, 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 yo. 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 The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. I like that name. It sounds good. You know, it, it could we could be like the brothers. Tomax and Zamot? Tomax and Z- yeah, Tomax and Zamot. You could be Sir, Sir Mator, and I could be Sir Pator. Okay, I thought you were going to try to say Sir Mator backwards, and I was like, good <laughs> luck. I'm not even going to attempt that one. We didn't even get Orsted right, all right? We, <laughs> we screwed that up, all right? So don't expect a lot.